And welcome to worship at First United Methodist Church. I'm glad you are here, thankful for your presence, and thankful for those of you who are worshiping with us online. I have three opportunities and ways that you can connect with us at First United Methodist Church. First of all, I want you to let you know that uh, in a way to introduce new members to our congregation, we're creating a, a segment called Do You Know on our sanctuary and lobby screens, as well as our online church newsletter. Anna Mullen will be contacting new members by phone to get biographical information, and her husband Neil will take casual photographs between the contemporary and traditional services each Sunday. We wanted everyone to know that, so you won't be surprised when contacted. As time goes by, we will also feature longtime members, so be ready for a call. So uh, you can; those will be playing on the screen before worship, and also in the Chestnut Street lobby. In addition to that announcement, don't forget that the United Methodist Women of Faith will be meeting tomorrow at noon in the gathering room. The program will be presented by Hamrick. Eve Hamrick, I can't read the writing, from Second Chance. The topic will be assisting victims of domestic and sexual violence. If you would like more information or would like uh, to make reservations for the meeting, see Dolores. Dolores, raise your hand, and she would be glad to help you with that. Also, if you remember back in May, the church held a charge conference in order to approve the sale of our parsonage which did take place. We need to hold another charge conference to approve the details for closing, the details of that sale. So uh, it looks like that uh, is imminent. Negotiations are still taking place and the situation is fluid, but there will be a call charge conference which will be virtual on September 20th at five o'clock. If you are a member of the Board of Stewards, you will automatically receive a link to that charge conference. If you are not, you can contact the church office and we would be glad to provide you with a link. Charge conference, September 20th, 5 o'clock, virtual go-to meeting. Um, so see me afterwards if you have any questions. Let us pray. Gracious God, we are so thankful for today and your holy presence in it. I give thanks to my brothers and sisters who are here to worship you. I pray your blessings upon our service today. May we be renewed. May we grow in discipleship. And may we grow closer to you so that we can be your witnesses in this world. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please stand and worship with us this morning. We worship the God who was, we worship the God who is, we worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors, he parted the raging sea, my God, he holds the victory. 
There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. Oh, oh, oh. We shout out your praise. We sing to the God who heals. We sing to the God who saves. We sing to the God who always makes a way. Cause he hung up on that cross. Then he rose up from that grave. My God still of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. We were the beggars, and now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. We were the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, Redeemed by His grace, let the house of the Lord sing praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. We shout out your praise. Amen. I raise a
Seated children, you're dismissed to go with Miss Catherine to Children's Church. As we prepare to worship God with our morning offering, don't forget to register your attendance on the pew pads that are at the side of your pew. Or if you're worshiping with us online, please comment and let us know you're watching with us. Let us pray. 
God, we give thanks for your presence with us today and this opportunity to just be in your presence with our family of faith. God, we come today with many concerns on our hearts, with needs in our community of faith, and we ask that you be with those who are sick and hurting today, those who are struggling and need your grace, and those who mourn and are trying to get through difficult situations. And we also ask your presence with us, dear God. We ask that you forgive our sins, that you help us be stronger disciples, that you use our prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness to fully connect and worship you. God, bless our time, bless these offerings, bless this church. In the name of Christ we pray, amen. If the ushers will come forward, we will receive our morning offering. In the darkest hour, when I cannot breathe, fear is on my chest.
So this week we continue uh, the sermon series, Get in the Game, by looking at Team Loyal. And let me just say that this sermon series was not planned before last night. I mean, this sermon series was planned before last night, excuse me. And I wrote this sermon two weeks ago. And I preached it Thursday night, right, Mark? So it has nothing to do with the events of yesterday. So if you feel like I am stepping on your toes or speaking to someone who may not be here this morning, that was not planned. I will just say that. So to bring some levity to this situation, I'm going to start with a true story that is quite humorous. Um, And sorry, Auburn fans. When I served a church in Anniston, there happened to be a man who owned a gun shop on uh, Highway 202, and he was known for bringing his dog with him to the gun shop. Well, if anyone walked in the gun shop, the owner loved to ask the dog, Dog, would you rather be a dead dog or an Auburn fan? And to this, the dog would automatically roll over and play dead. Now that is a loyal dog. We live in a world where allegiance is not so straightforward. People's loyalty seems to waver with the wind. With jobs, with sports teams, with... With many other things in life, people, it seems, are not as loyal as they once were. When it comes to football, loyalty can be a mixed bag. You have die-hard fans who are fans no matter what, through thick and thin, like sweet uh, Lucy this morning, if you saw her dressed out in her Alabama dress and hair bow, thick and thin, win, loss, good seasons, bad seasons, probation, coach changes, no matter what, they are a diehard fan. And then you have some fans who are ready to jump ship when trial and difficulty comes. We can all name examples of teams 
that when the, the season started out, predictions were not good for the team. Things weren't expected to go well, and tickets would come cheap. But then as things turned out better than expected and the team started to win, tickets would be harder to come by and much more expensive. Are we all know fans that start out the game excited and cheering and ready to go, but by the end of the game, they are taking to social media calling for a changing quarterback or a changing coach. Not that any of us saw that last night on our Facebook feeds. Loyalty can be a mixed bag, but when it comes to Christ, we are called to be steadfast. As followers of Jesus, we are called to be loyal. As we looked at last week, we are called to love God with all our heart, mind, and soul. Loyalty to the one true God is not a trait to be admired, but a virtue to be practiced. Long ago, a prophet in Israel asked a question, and it's a question for all of us to consider. Hear this question. How long will you go limping between two different opinions? If Lord is God, follow him, but if Baal is, follow him. I invite you to take your Bibles and turn to 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 17 through 24. 1 Kings 18, 17 through 24. Hear God's word. When Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, Is it you, you troubler of Israel? He answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you have in your father's house, because you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and followed the Baals. Now, therefore, have all Israel assemble for me at Mount Carmel with 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent to the Israelites and assembled the prophets at Mount Carmel. Elijah then came near to all the people and said, How long will you go limping with two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. The people did not answer him a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I, even I only, am left as a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophet, number 450, let two bulls be given to us. Let them choose one bull for themselves, cut it to pieces, and lay it on the wood, but put no fire to it. I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood and put no fire to it. Then you call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of my Lord. The God who answers by fire is indeed God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. God, as we look to your word and the prophet Elijah, we pray that you would move us closer to you and, and challenge us in this word. And I pray that the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing and acceptable unto you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. And now for the rest of the story. Elijah has been called into question. He has confronted Ahab and he has decided to create a showdown. So one Elijah against 450 prophets of Baal. And they gather together. They make a sacrifice. Elijah prepares the sacrifice. And the Baals prepare their sacrifice. 
The altar is set and the showdown is ready to go. Now, if you keep reading from what I just shared with you, you know that as the Baal's prophets prepare their sacrifice, that they start dancing and making a spectacle of themselves and nothing happens. Elijah begins to mock them. He, he says, perhaps your God is wandering or perhaps he's out for a stroll. Maybe your God is asleep. Well, as Elijah ridicules them, this only serves to make their spectacle more. So they begin to cut themselves and blood pours out as a blood sacrifice to their false God. Nothing happens because their God is false. And then Elijah takes water. He douses the sacrifice. Not only does he douse the sacrifice, the wood, the trench around it. Remember that Israel is in a great time of drought. So this water was very precious. But he takes it and douses everything and then calls upon God. Fire rains down from heaven and consumes the sacrifice, the wood, and dries up all the water around him. There is no doubt. God is God. And you would think Elijah in that moment had, have, would have well proven his point of the power of God. But yet, he becomes a prophet running for his life. Jezebel's out to kill him now, and he is, is terrified. In the middle of, of all this confusion... In the middle of this great showdown, you hear the question. When Elijah calls for the people to declare their allegiance, if God is God, serve God. If Baal is Lord, we'll then go with him. Notice the people didn't answer. They weren't going to declare their allegiance there in such a public way. But the question causes us to think today. Because it wasn't just a question for those who were gathered at that showdown. Perhaps it is a question that we need to consider for our own lives. When it comes to football, fans are quick to declare their loyalty. I've heard it said that when you cross the state line, you have to declare your allegiance. What team are you for? And we're quick to say what team that we're for. We might say this with what we wear, how we act, who we post for, who we support. The question is not so much when we declare our allegiance, but how we live that allegiance day to day. Not just when championships are won, but when times get difficult, when there is trial, when there is probation, when there is difficulty. Can you stand for your team in the worst of times, or are you a fair-weathered fan? I remember back in middle school when I had a lesson about loyalty that really challenged me. It was the Iron Bowl game. And so one of my friends had a party at her house and invited everyone to come. By the end of the game, Alabama had lost. And many of the Alabama fans were over in the corner uh, playing games, except for me and, and my friend. We decided we were going to support our team through thick and thin. And honestly, you heard, as you heard me say last week, I didn't really care about football. The game didn't mean that much to me. I was determined to be loyal to the team no matter what. And I decided that was a virtue that I wanted to practice. And I believe that's just not a virtue for how we react to sports, but 
a virtue that we're called to practice when it comes to our life in the church. We are called to be team loyal, Christ loyal through all circumstances in our life. We can all name examples of diehard fans who are fickle when it comes to football, but what about the church? If you are a member of this church, when you join this church, there was a question about loyalty. Will you be loyal to this church, the United Methodist Church, and support the church with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, and your service? Will you be loyal to Christ's church? The question of loyalty is right there in our hymnals and right there in our membership vows. The question calls us to remember that loyalty is in our everyday living and may remind us of the question that Elijah asked the people as he entered into that showdown. Loyalty to Christ and his church is not just about a moment of conviction. It isn't just about that moment we feel the Holy Spirit move in our lives and and we want to join the church. We want to be involved in everything. We want to make that commitment. Loyalty comes in the day in and day out, the hard times, the times of doubt and struggle, the times of difficulty. Our loyalty is how we live with faithfulness every day as followers of Jesus Christ. Loyalty is how we respond in times of spiritual highs, spiritual lows, and the mundane in between. It is our daily life of discipleship. It is really how we pray, how we worship, how we show up, how we serve, how we give, and how we witness that proves our team loyal. Our loyalty and love for Christ comes through how we live for him each day. Loyalty in difficult times can be very hard, especially when we're going through a season of doubt when we're struggling, when we feel like Christ has abandoned us. Maybe our prayers, it feels like our prayers are bouncing off the ceiling and and we feel quite alone. In those times, I encourage you to dig in and pray and seek God. Jesus is with you and Jesus has never stopped loving you. He is always with you. I promise you that when you struggle and are in those times of doubt, if you keep seeking, you will find him. I remember the words from James. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It's as Jesus said to seek, to knock. Keep seeking and keep knocking. And in that time of doubt and struggle, you will find that Jesus has been there all alone. Maybe your question of loyalty is not your relationship with God, but your question of of life in the church. You know, maybe you're going through a difficult time in, in church. It happens to all of us. I encourage you to lean into your membership vows, to pray harder, to serve more, to get involved. To pray for God's will for your life and for the church and seek God with prayer and fasting. I believe that God will reveal to you the path that you should take. I don't know what that path would be, but God will reveal himself to you. Again, Jesus said, seek and you will find. 
it may be not be an immediate response, but in your seeking, I believe that God will reveal himself. Now, with all that being said, I also believe that we have to look for Jesus and look for the good in the church. Because it's, as I've said before from this pulpit, we often see what we're looking for. If we're looking for a reason to be discouraged, if we're looking for a reason to be upset, you will find a reason to be discouraged and upset. If you're looking for a reason to be happy and filled with joy, to connect and be blessed, you will find a reason to be blessed. Because what we focus on is what we find. And I believe as we focus on God's will, we will find God's presence with us and his will with us. Now back to that story of Elijah. You know, the, the Jewish people believe that Elijah is coming back as they wait for the Messiah. We Christians believe the presence of Elijah has come. But what if Elijah did come back? What if he came back today and there was a, a confrontation with the false gods of our world? What would it look like? Now, I don't believe that it would take place in an arena with sacrifices of bulls. I don't know what it would look like. But I know that God would show himself as the one true God in a powerful and mighty way. And I believe the question that Elijah asked would be our question for today as followers of Jesus Christ. One that we should hold on to and consider every day. If God is God, follow him. If not, go astray. Amen. Let us pray. God, we know you are God. And we sense your presence with us. And in that presence, we are truly blessed. Help us to, to draw near to you because we know as we draw near to you, you will draw near to us. Help us to practice faithfulness and loyalty and love for you in all that we do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please stand.
service that if you have a prayer need in your life or would unite with First United Methodist Church with baptism or transfer membership or profession of faith, you may come and see me after the service and I would be glad to pray with you and talk with you about that. So today we have someone who wants to make a commitment to our church and become a member of our church and that is Molly Horton. So I'm delighted to welcome Molly in our fellowship of faith. And Molly, I ask you, and listen to these vows, 
Will you be loyal to First United Methodist Church and the United Methodist Church and support this church with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and witness? I will. Thank you, Molly. And if you would like to welcome her with a great First Methodist welcome, I encourage you to do so and say hello to her after the service. And now if you would stand for the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.